going on, everyone? Welcome to the Downtown Brown Town podcast. I am your host, Jake Brown, otherwise known as Downtown Brown. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Downtown underscore Brown and at Instagram at Downtown underscore Brown 33. And uh, for this episode, obviously going to be a little bit different since the the All-Star break is still in effect here. Uh, Games resume on Thursday. And the Bucks next game is not till Saturday against the Brooklyn Nets at home. So got a couple extra rest days for the Pucks, which probably is a good thing, just given the injury landscape on the roster at this point in time. So still a couple more days till Bucks basketball. Looking forward to that resuming, but still got some stuff to discuss in this episode here. Uh, we'll start with Bucks news and then we'll kind of just look at a little bit of preview of the last 22 games of the season. Uh, again, peek at the Eastern Conference standings and just look at the Eastern Conference as a whole as we gear up for what's going to be a very, very crazy playoffs in the East. It is, it's going to be a battle this year. Lots and lots of good teams. So, um, And then obviously know who's up and who's down for the week since we haven't had any games. So um, so let's go ahead and get into it. Bucks news. The Bucks have signed Javon Carter from the Brooklyn Nets. Um, kind of funny, you know, the Nets after the Kyrie, sorry, the uh, Ben Simmons trade, uh, they released DeAndre Bembry, the Bucks pick him up. And now after Goran Dragic signed with the, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, I should have probably let off with that. Um, they released Javon Carter. So the Bucks are just picking up the scraps from the Nets. And uh, now we got two new players on the roster who were recently on the Nets. So um, we'll go to Dragic first. Uh, obviously, there were a bunch of rumors that the Bucks were super interested in signing uh, Goran Dragic in the buyout market after he agreed to a buyout from the Spurs. And um, obviously, that didn't happen. He signs with the Brooklyn Nets, uh, which... You know, I'm not that surprised, to be honest. I felt like we had a shot at Dragic, but he just seems like one of those kind of guys that, like, he just wasn't going to come to the Bucks. It just it didn't seem like he was going to play in Milwaukee, um, even though we had a really strong uh, pitch to bring him in. You know, he'd be getting some, some minutes, obviously, probably be in the playoff rotation as well. Um, and defending champs, you know, so... Obviously, that's got a lot of, of clout to it right there, but uh, he ends up joining the Nets. Not that surprising. I mean, he used to play with Steve Nash when they were on the Suns, so he's got a connection to the head coach, and I think that was the main reason that he went there. And obviously, the Nets are still a good basketball team. Um, we all know that they have slipped on the standings here, but um, there's some some stuff going on with them. Obviously, they're getting three solid players see how Ben Simmons does, but Seth Curry is very good as well. And Drummond's going to be a nice big for them on top of that. And now adding Dragic to the equation, the Nets are, they're back. I mean, not that they ever left, but they're back. They are right in the mix for the championship and uh, winning the East specifically. So um, yeah, the Nets are certainly going to be a force this year and, and we got to Hopefully, you know, they're going to be there. So we'll see if we end up getting that rematch in the playoffs. But the Bucks going back to Javon Carter. So they signed Javon Carter after he was released by um, after he was released by the Nets and a little bit of a profile on him. 
This is his fourth year in the NBA. He is a point guard. He's pretty undersized at six one. I I'm not, he, he's not really a point guard though. Like that's just, I think he just has that label just given his size. Like you, you're not going to say he's a shooting guard because he's six one. That's just really short. But like he's not a true point guard. He's not an, a high assist guy. He's averaged one assist a game this year. Um, his career high was 1.8 assists in his rookie year and his career average assist rate is 1.3. So Javon Carter is not a point guard. The things that he can do are he's a good defender, good defender at the point of attack. Um, obviously he's undersized, so he's not going to be able to defend multiple positions per se, but you know, ones and twos, he, he can defend those pretty well. So um, that's what he's been known for in his days with the Suns. He played two years in Phoenix. Uh, ironically, he was on the team last year when the Bucks beat them in the finals. Um, and then he started his rookie year in Memphis, two years in Phoenix. And then now uh, he was with Brooklyn this year until uh, joining the Milwaukee Bucks. So um, in terms of his offensive skill set, he is a career 37% three-point shooter. However, this year has been down. He's only shooting 33% from three on 2.8 attempts per game. So that's not a terrible sample size there. Um, but, you know, 33% isn't bad at all, but it's not great. So, um, you know, last year with the Suns, he shot 37% from three on two and a half attempts per game. The year before that with the Suns, he was 42.5% from three on two and a half attempts per game. In his rookie year, he was 33%. So, you know, not a bad three-point shooter, not great, but, you know, that certainly doesn't hurt his, his case to um, maybe fit in into this Bucks rotation here uh, when, when we've got some guys out like a George Hill, Grayson Allen, uh, Pat Connaughton. But, you know, obviously he's not a scorer. Uh, 3.6 points per game this year in 12 minutes per game. Uh, he's shooting 34% from two, which is not good at all. Um, his career average from two is 38.5%. So not a great finisher at the rim or outside of the th uh, anywhere other than the three-point line. Uh, rebounds one and a half per game this year. You know, just it's not a sexy move at all. I mean, Javon Carter is what he is. A lot of Bucks fans were like, why did we even sign this guy? Like, it just doesn't even make sense. Um, like, we could have got someone better. I disagree with we could have gotten someone better. There was no one else on the buyout market. Do we want DJ Augustine again? No, he stinks. We all saw how he was on the Bucks last year, and it was terrible. Um, kudos again to John Horse for being able to trade that contract for P.J. Tucker. That was a heck of a move. Uh, but DJ Augustine stinks. Sure. He's better on offense, but we saw that the fit was absolutely terrible. So didn't make sense to go after him at all. Um, so I think Javon Carter was the best option at this point, which again, the buyout market this year was pretty bad in most years. It is the bucks seem to always be in the mix for guys in the buyout market. But we usually don't get that top tier guy. Last year was Blake Griffin. He goes to the Nets. This year was Dragic. He goes to the Nets. Um, and then, you know, in, like in 2020, we got Marvin Williams. Like, yeah, that was a nice pickup. 
I thought he played pretty well for the Bucks when he joined the team, but he wasn't the high profile guy off the buyout market. It's really just not great year over year. So the Bucks had to fill another roster spot at this point too. The deadline for players to be eligible for the playoffs is March 1st. So a guy has to be on the roster by March 1st to be eligible for the playoffs. So the Bucks had two open roster spots. They filled one with Javon Carter. So now they only have one open roster spot, just like they did last year. I don't expect them to fill that 15th roster spot, probably just for tax reasons. They don't want to just add more money. The one move that they possibly could make is converting Mamu's contract to a NBA contract like they did with Diakite last year. Um, you know, there was a possibility that they would just do that versus um, signing Javon Carter, but you know what? I'm fine with the move. Like it's again, not sexy at all. It doesn't move the needle at all for the bucks in terms of their championship odds, but he's certainly a guy that can help in the regular season. I do not expect him to be in the playoff rotation at all, unless, you know, break glass in the case of emergency, you know, like some of our guys get hurt in the playoffs, then sure. Javon Carter could get a few minutes. We saw Jeff T get finals minutes last year. It's certainly possible, but when we're healthy, Javon Carter is not sniffing the court in the regular season or the playoffs. However, at this point in time, as we all know, the bucks aren't healthy. George Hill, we don't know if he's going to play on Saturday. John Horst in his interview said that he's going to be back shortly after the all-star break what does that mean, right? The first game, a couple games after that, we don't know. So um, Pat Connaughton's obviously still out, probably mid to late March when he'll return. Brooke Lopez is still out. Grayson Allen has had recurring hip issues. Wesley Matthews has popped up on the injury report here or there. You know, you never know who's going to get hurt. So at this point in time, I think Javon Carter was our best option. He's a guard. Uh, which we need, especially after trading Dante and having Pat get injured. So for me, I'm fine with the move. Again, it doesn't change anything in terms of the Bucks playoff odds to win the championship. But in the regular season, these games still matter. The Bucks need to try and solidify a spot in the standings and not fall down too far. Um, we'll talk about standings later, but you, you don't want to fall into the play in tournament. And it's certainly it's a possibility at this point. I don't think it's going to happen, but you never know. I mean, look how far Brooklyn fall in such a short amount of time. Obviously they had a bunch of injuries too, but you know, the bucks, again, they're only one game up on the loss column from the Raptors who are in the seventh seed. It's certainly possible that they could fall into the play in tournament. So the bucks got 22 games left in the regular season they got to win. They got to win games to, you know, get themselves a, a decent seed here and, and just not risk falling into the playing tournament. So with Javon Carter, I'm fine with it. He can definitely get some minutes in the regular season and, and play a role, um, which getting a guy off the buyout market to do that. I'm fine with it. Uh, he's got some NBA experience. He can hit open shots at times. He's a good on ball defender at the one and two guard spot. So I think it made sense. I'm all for it. And again, it doesn't move the needle at all. But if George Hill is out, I think Javon Carter is probably going to get some minutes. We've seen Lindell Wigington get minutes for the Bucks here over the last few games. And I don't think he looked terrible at all, but I would way rather put my stock in a guy like Javon Carter, who has had NBA experience, is a more consistent shooter than Wigington is, and is just a little bit more reliable. I think Wigington 
tries to do too much at times and uh, attacks the basket once in a while when he really shouldn't be. And it usually ends poorly in a missed shot. Um, I just don't think we should be playing Lindell Wigington on a team that's trying to win a championship right now. And that's kind of how the Bucks have treated their two-way guys. You know, sometimes they'll fill a role when we're hurt, but you know, they would way rather put their stock on a veteran like Javon Carter who can uh, fill the gap a little bit better. So all in all, I'm fine with the move. Doesn't do much, but it gives us some depth at the guard position, which we definitely needed. So welcome to Milwaukee, Javon Carter. He could definitely play on Saturday. We, we're not sure. You know, I think it's possible. It, it kind of depends on George Hill, but I'm excited to see what he can do. I don't expect much, but I think it's a good signing. All right, so now let's kind of just look at the rest of the season here for the Bucks and, and just kind of, you know, look at what we're going to expect from a, you know, standings perspective at the schedule and all that. Um, so currently the Bucks are 36 and 24, fifth seed in the East. They are two and a half games back from the first seeded Miami Heat and the Chicago Bulls. They both have the same record. Um, Miami's got the tie break over them. So the Bucks also, the three seed Philadelphia 76ers and the four seed Cleveland Cavaliers are 35 and 23. The Bucks are under them, but they're really like, they're all two and a half games back from uh, the one and two seeds. So we've just played two more games in those teams. So once it gets to a point where we all play the same amount of games, that'll obviously figure itself out in terms of tie breaks and that kind of thing. But Bucks are the fifth seed again. They're only two and a half games up from the Toronto Raptors in the seventh seed, which gets you into the play-in tournament. Um, Brooklyn is sitting at the eighth seed at 31 and 28. They're seven games back from first place. The Bucks have a four and a half game lead on Brooklyn. However, Brooklyn is, they're trending up. Absolutely. So uh, it just got reported today by Shams that the New York city is going to be lifting their vaccine mandate uh, in the next few weeks up to a month so in the next month Kyrie Irving is going to be eligible to play in home games which obviously that's a big win for the Nets I mean Kyrie Irving is going to be able to play every playoff game um, which is huge and they've got Ben Simmons now we'll see how he turns out Seth Curry great fit for that team really nice shooter Sure, he's an undersized guard, just like Patty Mills and Kyrie Irving. Not good defensively, but Seth Curry can light it up. He was one, he was the second best player for the 76ers in the playoffs last year behind Joel Embiid. He's a very good player, really nice fit for them. Andre Drummond, a very capable backup big man who could start some games for them here and there. Um, and he's had a good year when he was backing up Joel Embiid in Philly. So that's just a, they need bigs who can play minutes. And I think Drummond's a nice fit on that team. So the Brooklyn Nets, I don't think they're going to be in the play in tournament um, come the end of the regular season. I think they're going to jump up. So, I mean, that means one team's got to fall, you know, obviously Boston is the sixth seed there. We got a two game lead on them, but you never know. Like I'm saying, I've said it all year. The Bucs have a chance to get in the playing tournament. People think I'm crazy about that, but it's certainly possible just given the landscape of the Eastern Conference. So the Bucs got a lot of work to do here to close out this regular season and make sure they don't fall into the playing tournament. 
And you would hope that they can get a top four seed so they can at least host one the first round of the playoffs and have home court advantage. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. So a four seed or better for the Bucks. They're sniffing on that right now, but we'll see what happens there. But again, 36 and 24, that means the Bucks have 22 games left this season. They've got 10 home games and 12 on the road. So a um, couple more road games than home. The Bucks have the hardest remaining schedule in the NBA um, with some tough games here. They open after the regular season or after the all-star break, Brooklyn Nets at home. Kyrie Irving will be playing. I don't think Kevin Durant or Ben Simmons will play in that game, but there is a chance that Ben Simmons plays. Um, they'll have Goran Dragic in that game. So the Nets are going to be certainly improved uh, versus how they were the last few weeks. Then the Bucks got the Charlotte Hornets at home. They've given them problems this year. We've lost two out of three against Charlotte. The one win was a buzzer beater by Giannis. So very close game there. Then we play the Miami Heat. Chicago Bulls on the road, Phoenix at home. Uh, a break for the Bucks is that um, Chris Paul uh, hurt his thumb and he's going to be out six to eight weeks. So uh, Chris Paul will be not, not be playing in that game, which obviously helps the Bucks. But Phoenix is still a really good team. The Bucks are going to have to bring it to beat them at home. So those are five really tough games to start after, um, after the All-Star break. Very tough games. I mean, Chicago, they're probably still going to be without Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso, but still, I mean, again, that's a good team. Uh, they're going to want revenge after the Grayson Allen situation uh, last time we played them. So it's it's going to be a wild house there in Chicago. But those are just five games. The Bucks still have to play Golden State on the road, Utah on the road, which we never win in Utah. Um, again, Chicago at home. Memphis on the road, Philly on the road, Brooklyn on the road. Those are all in a row. Um, you know, then you got Dallas at home, Chicago on the road again, Boston at home. They've given the Bucks fits the last few years, especially this year. And then you end with Cleveland on the road. A lot of tough games here. So the Bucks certainly have a lot of work to do to not fall down the standings. And uh, I've said it all year. I don't think the Bucks are winning 50 games this year. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but to win 50 games, the Bucks would have to go 14 and eight. That's certainly possible that they could do that, but I'm not banking on it. Like a lot of people are just expecting the Bucks to flip the switch here coming out of the all-star break and just start caring more and start winning more games that they should have won earlier on in the year. And they could certainly do that. The Bucks could win 18 of these 22 games and no one would be surprised about it at all. But I just don't expect that to happen. I mean, it's you, you can't just flip a switch and be like, okay, we're just going to start trying now. Like, I, I don't, I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, it, it takes longer than that to really develop. And, and we don't know when our guys are going to be back. Like, a lot of this depends on Brooke Lopez and Pat Connaughton. Like, if we can get them back in mid March and have them play for, um, let's say they would return the 22nd against the Bulls. That would be 11 games that they would play. I mean, it's not bad. 11 games, you know, there's, it's not too bad of a schedule, but there's still some hard, a lot of hard games in that time frame. Um, so 
obviously it's going to, a lot of it's going to depend on that, but still, if you got Giannis, Chris and Drew, you got a chance in all these games and you should be able to win a lot of these games. But again, the Bucks having the hardest schedule is no joke here um, to close out the regular season. And they blew a lot of games earlier on in these first 60 that they should have won. The Bucks should easily have 40 wins at this point. They would be 40 and 20 in first place in the East. They should easily be there, but they gave up a lot of games that they should have won and it's going to, it could end up biting them in the butt. We're going to see what happens, but um, just in terms of what we need to see from the bucks is just better defense to start. I mean, the bucks defense has certainly slipped as of late. They, they fell out of the top 10 in defensive rating. They're right around 15th in the league average defense. Certainly the last few, um, few weeks it's been below average um you know obviously not having brooke lopez is a huge factor in that but the bucks haven't had brooke lopez since the first game so there should be some more adjustments made there and and they should just be you know you can't just blame it on brooke lopez the whole year like eventually you gotta move on from that and figure something else out obviously acquiring serge abaca helps and i think that he's going to be a good player for this team that can fill that that brooke lopez role in a way that most other guys couldn't that we'd be able to trade for given the limited assets that we had to trade. So um, I think Serge Ibaka getting more acquainted with the team. Hopefully that, that ends up doing something for us um, because we're certainly, we need to improve the defense. Um, that's my biggest thing I want to see is just, just care more. I just feel like the bucks have went through the motions a lot in these games and it's frustrating, you know, like we just won a championship. Like that regular, the regular season after winning a championship should not be this 36 and 24 winning 60% of their games. Some games just getting blown out at home to inferior teams. Like the fans don't deserve that. You know, the the organization should, should be, they shouldn't be happy about that. Um, But it just seems like the bucks have not cared much this regular season. And obviously again, we've been injured a lot this year and that's really had an impact, but so have a lot of other teams. Look at Chicago. They've had injuries all season. They're 38 and 21. The Heat have, have had their best five players are, or their best lineup is Lowry, Tyler Hero, PJ Tucker, Jimmy Butler, and Bam. That lineup has played 59 minutes together. 59 minutes. That is a whole game and a quarter of a game. That is insane. They're 38 and 21. I mean, sure, Miami always usually overachieves in the regular season. Um, the Miami tryhards is, is what they're one of their nicknames, which I find quite hilarious. Um, but I mean, obviously Eric Spolster is a great coach too, but I mean, they've had injuries all year. Look at Philly. They haven't had Ben Simmons all year. They're tied with the Bucks. I, I mean, you just look across the board and like, it's hard to make these excuses for Milwaukee at this point in time. Like they just got to start caring more and, and, and start to win some games here and get on a streak. You want to go into the playoffs with some momentum. Sure. Last year was a little weird. Like the bucks really didn't have a lot of momentum going into the playoffs. They were, we didn't know what to expect at all last year in the playoffs. Like it was kind of just like, okay, you know, we got PJ Tucker. Now we've got a nice roster, not a deep roster, but we didn't know what to expect. Like how are the bucks going to handle these pressure situations? It hasn't gone well in the past. Like, there's a lot riding on the line here. Coach Bud's job's on the line. You know, Giannis's reputation in some way is on a line. 
Um, Chris and Drew, like if one of them severely underperforms, are we going to trade one? Probably that one being Chris Middleton. Like, is this the last run for the Bucks big three, which that was their first run? You know, a lot of questions going into that off or playoff run. And obviously they came through, but they had some luck along the way. They played really well at times. Um, they won some scrappy games too in that Brooklyn series, uh, in, in the Miami series in game one. Um, they won, and, you know, they won some scrappy games, but it just comes to a point where the Bucks just need to start winning games here. And I, I don't think that you can just expect them to just coast the rest of the regular season. Like everyone has been targeting, like from a fan perspective, all right, once March hits, the Bucks are going to go on a run. Well, we're almost in March, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, the Bucks, they got to start picking it up or we're in danger of falling into the playing tournament. So um, again, really tough at regular season to close out. Um, injuries are going to play a huge factor, but we got some other players in the door now. DeAndre Bembry should be making his debut on Saturday against his former team. Uh, I know they held him out of the game against the Sixers with a thumb injury, I believe. Um, but it didn't seem like anything long-term at all. I think they were just being precautionary with him, um, just given that he just joined the team. Javon Carter is going to be in the mix here if George Hill is still out. Hopefully Grayson Allen is back. You know, he's been battling a hip injury the last month or so. Wesley Matthews should be good to go. He played in the Philly game. Um, obviously, you got the big three healthy. Serge Ibaka, again, how is he going to look coming out of the All-Star break? The Bucks seemed like they were looking ahead for the All-Star break for really the last two-ish weeks of the regular season uh, before the All-Star break. Um, they lost some tough games, some games that they should have won, and uh, it just felt like you know they were just ready for that break. And uh, it's here; it, it was here now. It, it's wrapping up here shortly, and the Bucks they got to start coming out with a vengeance here and start getting some wins. So. Um, yeah, a lot to figure out here, but, you know, the Bucks should have a much healthier roster, at least to start against Brooklyn. Uh, not going to be playing guys like Lindell Wigington, Mamu, you name it. Um, so we should have the core for the most part back, obviously not counting Brooke Lopez and Pat Connaughton with their lagging injuries, but um, George Hill is the big one. That's a big question mark, you know, coming into the, the regular season here is, what is George Hill's status? Is he going to be back soon? Again, we said John Horst said that he was going to be back shortly after the All-Star break, and there's nothing concerning about him long-term. He's been out for, what, two weeks with neck soreness? I mean, we've seen the whole soreness saga earlier in the year with Brooke Lopez, where he was out for like 20 games, it felt like, with back soreness until we found out that he had back surgery. Like, is this another one of those sagas where – George Hill's injury is worse than everyone thinks it is. And, and we're just not getting clarity on that. I don't think so. Just given the, what John Horst said and what Bud has said as well, but um, it's certainly worry, worrisome because they need George Hill. You know, we need his presence as a backup point guard. His net rating was the top in the league at one point in time when he's in the bucks, win those minutes uh, by a nice margin. So certainly need him back in the fold. Again, if we have Giannis, Chris, and Drew, Bobby and Grayson, and most of our role players like George Hill, Wesley Matthews, um, Serge Ibaka, and then you got Bembry and Carter, 
I think the Bucs are going to be just fine in the regular season. They're going to finish around. Honestly, I think the four seed is where I'm thinking the Bucs are going to finish. I wouldn't be surprised if they're the three. I don't think they're going to get two or one. Uh, Miami and Chicago, like, sure, I think Chicago could slip a little bit. They do have the second hardest uh, schedule to close out the regular season. But, I mean, they've got a little bit of a cushion on us. Not much. And we still play them three more times. So that certainly uh, could bolster our chances to pass them. But I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they're still one and two come the end of the regular season. Or maybe even if Philly jumps into two and Chicago at three. But I'm thinking the four seed is where the Bucks are going to end up. And I think that's where you want to be. Because, again, we don't know where Brooklyn's going to finish. Like, you just want to avoid the Nets in the first round like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving full-time now, Ben Simmons, a lot of good role players. That's a good team. And KD almost beat us by himself last year. So I don't want to run into that team again, at least in the first round. Sure, second, third round, it's might be inevitable at that point. Um, but again, I think if you get the four seed, you're probably going to be feel pretty good about it. I'm not sure if the Nets can quite jump up to the five seed. I think the six is probably where they're going to end up. Um, but again, just want to put yourself in the best position. But the hard thing with the East this year is that, like, we don't know what seed you want to be at the end of the regular season. Like, it's all matchup based. Like, sure, the Bucks could be the two seed and like, everyone's like, oh, that's great. They're the two seed. They're going to host the first two rounds of the playoffs. But what if the seven seed is Brooklyn? You know, like then that's that two seed stinks. You don't want that at all. Um, or you could get the three seed um, and then end up playing like the Celtics or the Cavs. It's like, sure, those teams have caused the Bucks problems this year. But, um, but again, like those are much better matchups for the Bucks than the Brooklyn Nets are. Like I'm not, as, I'm not scared of the Celtics and the Cavs in a playoff series, but I'm scared of the Nets. Um, and most of the league should be. So, uh, again, it's like, it's not as cut and dry in years past where it's like, oh, when the Bucks were the one seed in 2019, they played the Pistons who absolutely stunk. It's like, there's no, no teams like that who are going to make the, the top eight playoffs in the East. Even like if the Toronto Raptors are the eight seed, I don't want to play them. They, they give the Bucks problems. Coach Nurse, uh, Nick Nurse for Toronto, like he knows how to defend the Bucks. They have a lot of scrappy defenders that they can throw at Giannis and Chris. And Chris virtually never plays well against the Raptors. So, like, I don't want to play that team in the first round. Like, I would way rather play Boston or Cleveland, um, even Chicago for that matter. So, it's like, it's really hard to say, like, oh, the Bucks need to be top three. They're going to have so much better odds to win the East if they do that. Like, we just don't know what's going to happen, how it's going to shake out. It's all matchup based at this point. Any of these teams could could shuffle around one through eight, really, at this point. It's just it's going to be a wild ride. But this is the most the deepest that the East has been probably in the last 10 years, probably more, to be honest. The East has been pretty bad um, the last 10 years. Uh, so, again, going to be tough to figure out what happens here. But the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, the 36 and 24, 22 games left, 10 at home, 12 on the road, hardest schedule in the league. It's going to be really interesting to see how they finish this season. Just got to pray for healthiness. Get your 
core role players back in Brooke Lopez and Pat Connaughton, hopefully by mid-March, um, to get some rhythm with all these guys, get about 10, 11 games with all these guys in the lineup, see what kind of got rotations are looking good, get ready for the playoffs because it's going to be an absolute grind this year. I can't wait to watch it as a fan. I mean, this first round of the playoffs is going to be outstanding. It's going to be awesome to watch. So I can't wait for it. Uh, I hope that the Bucks just come out with more urgency here. They seem to always play well against Brooklyn, at least in the regular season. So I think the Bucs can certainly win this game, um, even though the Nets have a little bit more of a bolstered roster with uh, Goran Dragic entering the mix, Seth Curry, uh, Drummond, and possibly Ben Simmons. We'll see what the injury report looks like. But um, excited to see what happens here. So, again, the Bucs uh, – the games that they'll play before I record next are Brooklyn Saturday, Charlotte Monday. I'll be at that game. Looking forward to that one. And then Miami Wednesday, all those games at home. So we'll have three games to go over on the next pod. Um, see how the new guys look in DeAndre Bembry and Abaca, And if Carter gets into the mix and just see what kind of lineups the Bucks have, see who's active, see who's not playing. There's going to be a lot of things to pay attention to here. So get ready for a wild end of the regular season. I'll be here to cover it all for you. Appreciate you listening to the podcast. As always, follow me on Twitter at downtown underscore Brown, Instagram at downtown underscore Brown 33. Can't wait to see how the regular season ends and hopefully the Bucks can position themselves to repeat as NBA champions. Thanks again, everyone, and go Bucks. Yeah.